Mervyn Hanley will inspire Mervyn Hanley will empower A voice powerful beyond measure He will keep us strong under pressure Touching the hearts and souls of family You will hear his voice through your tragedy Television online and overseas Tune in to Mervyn Hanley it is Wednesday, February 10th. Good evening. We are back with another edition of The Blue Table with Mervyn Hanley. I am so happy to be here with you tonight. We started the podcast on Monday. This is our third night and the responses have been overwhelmingly positive. We used to be in 2020, back in 2020, we used to be on YouTube and Facebook. But at the end of our season last year, we decided to try something different and something more innovative. And we are here now tonight on podcasts. So please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Not only hit play on the link on the site, but also subscribe because when you subscribe, um, you won't miss any news, any information, any interviews because you'll get a notification. So whether you're on Apple or whether you're on um, the, the, the your Android, the Google Play Store, just download the app and search for The Blue Table with Mervyn Hanley and subscribe and to make sure share that with your friends and your family. Now let's take a break. We'll hear from the Development Bank of St. Kitts and Nevis, and then we will be right back. Welcome to the Customer Support Portal, where we have made it easier for you to contact us. It starts with your question, email, a message, phone call, or a search on our website. Our CSP provides prompt and efficient solutions to your problems. We pride ourselves on treating our clients responsibly and ensuring your information is kept safe. Log on to www.sknd.net and send us a ticket or email us at customersupport at sknd.com. You may also call us directly at 869-465-2288 extension 1322 or 954-353. And we're back with our news. (laughs) I really did not want to speak about St. Lucia tonight. As a matter of fact, I'm trying not to speak about St. Lucia. Because when I speak about St. Lucia and what is happening there, I get upset, um, not at the people, but I get upset at the Prime Minister of St. Lucia, Alan Chastanay. in my opinion, who's doing a very, a very, very horrible job in um, combating this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. A matter of fact, I, I don't even think that uh, Prime Minister Chastanay is, is trying, um, especially when you hear from um, Calix George Jr. We had an interview. I had an interview with Calix George Jr. Uh, last night, and he said that the and he said on record on record, mind you, that um, the government, the Alan Chastening government, received over $320 million from international agencies. Now, let that sink in. $320 million. And so far, from since 2020, to go back out to the people, they have just received a total of just over $7 million. How unconscionable that can be. Where is the money? Where are the monies going? I know that there is an election coming up in St. Lucia. Um, so what are they doing? Um, Mr. George said they're building roads, just roads, roads, roads. But the people, the thousands of people who are, who are home can't eat, can't have proper internet for the children to do their uh, virtual learning, virtual education. So you have $320 million stacked away, well, minus $7 million, and your people are hurting. You can't be a leader. And tonight, I, I read here the news that uh, last night they reported records, it's three deaths, 20th, 21st, 22nd COVID-19 related death. And the, 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 the press release went on to say the Ministry of Health received confirmation from the Ezra Long Lab of 110, 110 new cases of COVID-19. And this is from a total of 247 samples um, processed on Sunday. All of these individuals were seen within the community. 
And after they took their tests, they recognized that they had COVID. The Ministry of Health also reports three related deaths, bringing the total number of deaths recorded in the country to, to 22 to date. Death number 20. This is like, you know, this is like um, just every day. These are not even press releases. These is like from St. Lucia, what we're getting like radio stations, death announcements. Are we pausing for death announcements now? That's what it is in St. Lucia. Death number 20 is a 69-year-old male with underlying medical conditions. He was admitted on January 22nd and was in critical care when he passed away on February 9th. And then we have death number 21, an 85-year-old female with underlying medical conditions. She was admitted into care on January 19th and passed away on February 8th. And then we have death number 22, a 63-year-old male from the Castries district with underlying medical conditions. This individual was admitted into care on February 1st and passed away on February 7th. And the Ministry of Health extends sympathies to the families and loved ones of these individuals. So every day you get these things from the Ministry of Health, these notices from the Ministry of Health. And of course, um, they just all they have to do now is to just copy and paste condolences, extend sympathies to the families, just that. So it's a customary thing. So it, it comes like nothing to them. Do they really care? If the government and the Ministry of Health cared about what's going on, why aren't they taking action? Proactive action. Why aren't they being proactive in what's happening in St. Lucia? And yes, why can't you be like Prime Minister Timothy Harris, Dr. Timothy Harris of St. Kitts and Nevis? Why can't you be like the SKN Task Force? I mean, don't get me wrong. There are times when I... I now and again I call out the SKN task force. But look at what is happening in St. Lucia. They have no kind of leadership. None from the bottom, none in the middle, and definitely not leadership at the top. So every day they have these press releases, and people are not supposed to be angry. Mervyn Henley from another country is not supposed, to, not supposed to, 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 to speak about what's happening in another country with my, my Caribbean brothers and sisters. And we're supposed to accept this. We did not accept it with Donald Trump. So what, why should we be quiet about Alan Chastanay? He has failed miserably. But the people will have to decide. The people of St. Lucia, you have an election Coming up in a few months and you will have to decide your best way forward. You will have to decide if this is what you want. You will have to decide if you're satisfied to see your fellow villagers just dying by the wayside. You will have to decide if you're going to accept death announcements every single day like this coming in from the Ministry of Health. Are we now immune to this? So now they, 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 um, currently there are 712 active cases and bringing the total cases, numbers, number of cases diagnosed in the country to date, listen to this, to 2,137. Now, I don't believe that everyone, they're following the protocols. Don't get me wrong. The people, you, need, you have your part to play too. You have your roles to play in this. You need to practice the protocols. You need to adhere to them. Now, I don't think that it's perfect. But what about the leadership? How can this slip away from Alan Chastanay, a failed leader, an incompetent leader? Maybe Rohan would like to speak about that later on in the program. I'm, I'm done talking about Alan. Uh, what's our next story? And I chuckled at the story because I'm not sure from since when um, World Bank uh, would get involved in, in, in local politics. And I, <laughs> it, it is just funny. This story is out of St. Martin, where the recent move by the Princess Juliana International Airport Holding Company, the PJIAH, to try to remove the operating uh, company's uh, chief executive officer, 
Brian Mingo is deeply concerning to the World Bank, which warned that the funding for the airport's reconstruction is in jeopardy if government does not ensure adequate staffing at the PJIAE, that's the uh, Princess Juliana International Airport um, operations, the reconstruction of the airport. Um, according to the Daily Herald, this is what the World Bank Director for Latin America and the Caribbean, uh, Tassin Said, wrote in a letter to Prime Minister Silvera Jacobs on Wednesday, February 3rd. And uh, the, PJ, the PJIAH requested that Mingo tender his resignation uh, immediately in a letter last December, that's December 3rd, citing a growing lack of confidence in his leadership and delays in the reconstruction project. And of course, this has been a frustration to all St. Martiners. So I believe that the board made a decision that it's just not the board who's frustrated, but also the people of St. Martin, that the project seemed to just have a number of delays and the uh, low morale for, for the staff because they could not get along with the management and, and all of that and people walking off of the jobs. So they said, hey, let's get rid of the CEO. The CEO needs to, ten need to tender his resignation. And so now um, they wanted him to leave by January 4th, 2021 and warned that failure to resign voluntarily would result in the company pursuing uh, legal termination. Now, according to the letter from the World Bank, this Mr. Saeed, the PJIAH also indicated that it might consider potentially dismissing the board. Now, this move, Saeed said, could result in the, the, the group's inability to continue its support to the airport uh, reconstruction, which includes key staff and expertise essential for the project. So I am thinking, here's a situation that the World Bank the, 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 the Dutch World Bank is um, financing a project in St. Martin. And here you have the board that the government, of course, is not satisfied with what's happening there. So they're saying, hey, you guys need to, to leave. We, we need to restructure this so that we can have some work taken place so that we can move this project forward. It's overdue. It's long overdue. And here is the World Bank saying that, no, 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 you're not going to do that. Otherwise, we're not going to finance. Nah, something else is, is, is missing from this puzzle. And I feel what's missing is that there are those on the board, and even I am not sure what role the, the CEO plays in all of this, but it tells me that the World Bank is, is messing in the internals, the local internals, and the World Bank is dictating who should be managing and overseeing this operation. It is interesting, and we will see what happens and the, they ended the letter by saying, they ended the letter to the prime minister by saying, we therefore request that the government of St. Martin take every action to ensure the continuous presence of the adequate and qualified management and staffing at the Princess Juliana International Airport to enable the company to undertake all of its assigned responsibilities as the project implementing entity. So I'm going to reach out to Prime Minister Silvera Jacobs and I will find out more and what's happening and what is the government's response to the World Bank playing a role into the local palace there on St. Martin. We'll be back with more. We have affluent homes on Nevis and the next purchase of your home, folks on Nevis or even in the Caribbean. If you need ideas on designs and building your homes, you definitely have to consider affluent homes. So let's take a break and uh, we'll be right back. It's been a while that you're thinking or dreaming of your new home. Let Affluent Homes turn that dream into reality. Leave it to us to deliver. A team of architects and designers have created award-winning designs. We will work with you to develop the distinctive look you envision. For real estate development, property sales and management, you must think of Affluent Homes Limited. Check out our website, www.affluenthomesnevis.com or email us merchant at merchantlc.com or call us today at 1-869-665-2121 Affluent Homes Limited Mervyn Hanley will inspire Mervyn Hanley will empower A voice powerful beyond measure He will keep us strong under pressure Touch 
in the hearts and souls of family You will hear his voice through your tragedy Television online and overseas Tune in to Marvin Honey so tonight I have with me, who will be a regular voice and contributor at the Blue Table, Mr. Rohan Isles from the island of Nevis. Rohan has been a teacher. He has worked for the Nevis Island government. He is a family man. He is well-loved in his community. And as young as he is, he is well-rounded, well-versed in politics and sports and economic and social affairs, maybe in religion too. Um, welcome to the Blue Table, Rohan. Thank you for such a warm introduction. Okay. Now, um, Nevis, of course, is the land of my birth, but I am not there at this time, Rohan. I'll soon be there. And uh, first, uh, the COVID delayed the trip. Then during COVID, there were some personal matters that needed to be handled. And I know that you're holding down the fort. So while we're on Nevis, I want to touch on a few things. Uh, we saw a very disturbing 30 seconds video of a police uh, officer standing on the back of a, of, of, of a fellow citizen, but to make matters worse, in, in a drain. Now, we know drains are most times never clean, Rohan, and if they are, there is a running water that cannot be cleaned. Now, either way you look at it, to see that video, and while we do not have all the facts, just the police standing on the back of a human being like that, it, it, it is upsetting in itself. Then what made me cringe, um, this guy is laying there and at the end of the video, we hear him complaining that he could not breathe. Now, just the memories of George Floyd when white police officers were on top of him, had him down, he complained he could not breathe, but sadly he died. But this police officer in Nevis though, I know him not personally, but from seeing him around town and doing his work while on duty. He's always been respectful and courteous, but I believe this action by him, he exercised very poor judgment. Your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, it is truly a disheartening video to, to look at. Um, you would have rightfully pointed out that the incident in question took place in a drain, and, and if you know drains, especially in, in and around Charlestown, mm -hmm. though most times are kept clear of trash, they're not sanitary areas to, to venture into. Right. Um, as you would have said in the wake of the George um, Floyd incident in the US, mm -hmm. one would have thought that uh, policing practices and, and the way in which police seek to apprehend suspects or even interact with the public would change at some level. Um, we don't know the facts as we have seen the video. It is that where the recording started and where the recording ended. Um, the police officer was still on top of the, the, the gentleman. Mm -hmm. There have been some public outcry in Nevis, um, especially in social media, about the actions. As you said, I know, I don't know the officer as, and, and this from what I know of him, doesn't fit with the, the person I know, but hey, we are seeing, what we are seeing is what we are seeing. That, that, that isn't any mirage, that isn't any photograph, it is mm -hmm. clear, mm -hmm. direct in front of us. And it is unfortunate that uh, that situation had gone, well, fested over a few days and people are asking, well, what is going on? Is there going to be any response from the police high command is there going to be any press conference is there going to be any news release in relation to that but and they issued a very short three-line statement i believe basically stating that uh there will be an investigation i mean what kind i don't know but uh what jumped at me in that particular statement is that and and which i think will be used as some kind of defense for the police the statement made it clear that yes they have seen the video that showed parts, parts of an incident. Now that word parts, so it tells me that there'll be a story and if there aren't witnesses, then this can go either way. And, and there lies the problem because the part we're looking at is the incriminating part of the whole incident. Mm -hmm. He's standing on top of the um, perceived suspect's back. He, he's not kneeling. In, in his back, he's not 
holding him against the wall. He's standing, standing on his back. And, and what that says is that there is, from that particular incident, a lack of respect for individuals um, that, that may have come into contact with the police. And, and, and when we have situations where, where public is having an issue with trust with the police and being able to... Um, Properly relate to the police and, and the police asking the public to see when they see something, say something. Events like these are setting that particular relationship back way, way, way back, further back than they, they, they want to go. I think there is a trust issue between the police and, and the public. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to a number of incidents, especially when we have seen what we have seen on the social media of. of um, African American men being arrested or being harassed mm -hmm. um, just because. But even here in, in, in Nevis, we've had instances where the interaction between police and civilian um, public has not been that strong. And when we have incidents like these, it is important for the police high command to make statements early. I'm not saying to rush ahead and say things you don't know anything about. But you would have seen the video. It can be that you would have seen the video what, three days after? I, I am certain they would have seen the video. Even if it is just the high command in Nevis, they would have seen the video almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And the first thing the first thing should have kicked in, hey, we need to calm our citizens and let's just uh, at least um, put out something to let them know that, yes, we have seen this video. We do not know the facts that's taken place, but we will gather as much information as possible and then we will be able to have a detailed report for the general public. We, that, that is something, but you're going to wait a couple of days. Um, while acceptable, it's still not acceptable. Yeah, exactly. And what this is doing for, for the public, in, especially in quarters where this young man would have come from, is that people are getting the impression that the, the, the infamous blue wall is, is rising. Hmm. And so we know when we talk about the blue wall, we talk about police protecting police. And that isn't going to help the relationship that they're seeking to build with the public. Tell you what, Rohan, let's take a break and uh, we'll be right back. Um, this break is sponsored by Carl & Sons Bakery on St. Martin. Um, they have always supported the Blue Table. They have always supported THG Network. So I want to say hello to the friends there at Carl & Sons Bakery on St. Martin. So let's take a break and uh, we'll be right back. I'm very hungry. Whoa, was that your stomach? You need to get on down to Carl & Sons Unique Bakery, your number one spot for sandwiches, pastries, cakes, and more for breakfast and lunch. Are you in a rush? Call in your order at 543-1059 for town and 544-2462 for Cold Bay. Follow their Facebook page to see their daily lunch specials. Carl & Sons, the right choice since 1982. Mervyn Hanley will inspire. And of course, I am speaking to Rohan Isles of Nevis. He's now a contributor to the Blue Table. And uh, let us continue this conversation, Rohan. I want to talk about the... the we're speaking of that as far as the police. But if you recognize in the video, it was not just one police. There were other officers around while the other man on the while the man on the ground just there with an officer on his back and again the 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 slow um the slow motion by the 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 authorities i i am just disappointed in that well i mean you know Marvin, the video showed what three police officers i don't want to um get into too much of a nitty-gritty in operations, but mm -hmm. he is the senior officer on the scene from what the video is, is, is showing. So we, we don't know what instructions or what commands he may have given to the other two, the other two, officer, two officers on scene. And of course, within the police ranks, if you disobey a direct order from the senior officer, you, you set yourself up for uh, reprimand and those kind of things. 
Um, additionally, I, I don't want it to come across as if we are saying that the chap did nothing. But the judicial philosophy and the penal philosophy of police or of, of countries is that a man is innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we, we want to express our dismay at how the situation is handled. We want to, you know, let the police know that these things are not in good standing with, 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 human, with human dignity. I mean, no matter what the situation is, we, we, we want to ensure that police officers, like all humans, are treating individuals with a level of human dignity and to mm-hmm. be face down in a dream with an individual on your back is a far, far, far cry from what is humane and what is acceptable. And so for me, the situation breeds two unacceptable incidents. One, what we are seeing in the video, and two, the nature of how the high command would have sought to respond to the public's outcry and demand for an answer in a situation where most people believe could have been handled a lot better. And I'm sure in the coming days, we'll hear much more about that. Now, let's move on to another topic. While we're on Nevis, um, while I have a few questions on this out-of-the-blue announcement about uh, filming being done on Nevis, I welcome the positive exposure for the island, especially in these uh, COVID times and very brown and hard times on the island. So this I welcome. When things are hard, we have this colloquial uh, saying, one, one full basket, Rohan. So I am sure, though, that um, there is a very high cost to taxpayers. But of course, the, the government's response will be that folks are at home not working and they can be a part of this film in some way, whether they are extras or they will need a crew. Now, I believe I read somewhere that up to 200 folks will be hired in some way, shape or form. Of course, uh, this might be for a few days, a few weeks, a few months. Um, it will help, however you turn it though, it will help a family member in some way. I believe though that it is very important for the, the Mark Brantley administration, his government, to give its citizens and taxpayers rough figures as to um, how much this cost, this is costing the people of Nevis in these times. But I also believe that the government made a strategic decision that we do not have a, a, a tourism season at this time, so the island can no doubt um, welcome and deal with some positive coverage, right? I will add, I have read articles from the Telegraph, and the Telegraph is widely read internationally, and I read a story yesterday on Wahoo, in, I mean, in Yahoo, sorry, I'm thinking fish now, I'm hungry. But in the, in the, in the Yahoo story, uh, Rohan, it's, uh, I believe it's stated that the crew members um, have completed the mandatory two weeks of quarantine, staying at the Marriott Hotel on St. Kitts and in villas um, with a security guard posted outside of the, the, the Four Seasons on Nevis. So again, I know someone will ask, what is the price tag for these hotels, Marriott and at the villas at Four Seasons? And we're asking if it is taxpayers, mind you. If the taxpayers of Nevis are, are, are footing this bill, then I believe that um, they, they should know. They should know uh, as far as this expense. Now, why at the Marriott? Why Four Seasons? And again, if it's taxpayers, there are cheaper accommodations. And if the taxpayers are picking up this tab, I'm sure they're going to ask, well, why not? you go gone to Four Seasons. Who are these people? Why couldn't they stay at Orly Beach Hotel? That's locally owned. Golden Rock, locally owned. Mount Nevis Hotel, locally owned. Montpelier, locally owned. So I want to stress, though, that I welcome this. And I'm happy that folks are getting work. Some may not have seen a dollar since probably last March. But um, while the pay may be small, if the people are asking what's the price tag for Nivisions, do not get on the defensive and attack anyone or ask why do you want to know. It is the people's money. If, 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 if we're footing the bill, it is our money. And so um, the people have every right, right to ask the questions. But at the same time, we welcome. So it's, a, it's, a, it's probably a double-edged sword because at the same time, when there is no tourist season... Um, we welcome this exposure. And this is not exposure just for um, today or tomorrow. 
because the movie obviously will take a, a while to produce and all of that. So it will go and um, produce the movie, make the movie, and then it will take probably next year. So Nevis can be in the headlines for a year or two to come. But we got to make sure that we are getting back something full when we are putting out at the same time. Yeah. Well, you know, Marvin, interestingly enough, I'm sure that when the, especially the division public listens to to this interview, they're going to be like me in in in, in shock of a few things mm-hmm. because I am now learning that um, the stars and the crew are staying at, at hotels, uh, possible at at division expense, and that they would have completed their quarantine. I said I could say that quite a bit of the. Well, I, I well they stayed there. They stayed just just so uh, just to back up a bit. They stayed there for the quarantine. At least that's what I read in the article that they stayed at these places for the quarantine. Now, I, I, I don't want to think that we're footing a bill with these people. Um, they're continuing their stay at the villas at Four Seasons or at Marriott. We do have Orly Beach Hotel. And the last time I checked, Orly Beach Hotel, they charge uh, $940 US dollars, if I'm not mistaken, for two weeks for the quarantine. And that include all taxes. That's $940 US, just under 3000 EC. Now, we, we're not going to get that kind of price from, from, from Marriott or the Four Seasons. So, I, it, 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 I'm just, it's interesting. It is, it is very interesting. And, and it, go, it, it goes back to what you were saying about taxpayers needing to know if they're the ones footing the bill. And if you are having um, such a major... Um, byproduct of, of our tourism product in, in, in that uh, film industry, people need to know exactly what is happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a press conference, but the information was was skimpy. Mm-hmm. This is the least. We were told that this company um, is going to come, MSR Media, they're going to do two films. Um, the first one is set to begin sometime later this month. There is opportunities for um, extras, and there's three speaking roles and that was about it Mm -hmm. and so a lot of us don't know or didn't know that the stars and the the crew they have been they they are already here where they stayed we don't know who is footing the bill i know we would have seen in the in the media some time ago that part of the agreement for this filming was hotel assistance well well if if, if it is if it is hotel assistance rohan then Villas at Four Seasons, really? Marriott? I mean, what what happened? I I don't tell me Orly was full because I know they were they they aren't. Don't tell me that Golden Rock and the others are full. So hotel assistance, including villas at Four Seasons, um, perhaps that was on the house, or perhaps maybe a villa owner is a part of this company. I don't know. You see, and that's the thing we're asking the we 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 are just left to ask questions. And if I know the premier well enough, I am, I am confident that at his next press conference or even before that we will have more information on this um, spectacular film on the island. Well, I, I hope that is going to be the case. And, and it is, for me, it is tragic if that is the, if, if the situation really is that taxpayers would have paid for quarantine at Marriott's and stays at four seasons in an in a time when COVID has really put a great deal of pressure on locals, on locally owned and operated hotels and inns, that the best response as part of an economic strategy, because that is what it is it is being touted as mm-hmm. as economic strategy to help in the recovery um, post COVID nineteen. Why is it that we are not seeking to invest directly in the locally operated hotels? Why are we not giving them the business? And to ensure that that money in its spin-off goes directly into the economy. And so some local person in Gingerland or some local person in St. James's or Cotton Ground or Charlestown can have the, the, the opportunity to make to make some money. Additionally, mm-hmm. what exactly are these 200 jobs? Is it is it the case we are we are going to have catering jobs available mm-hmm. for for these um, shoots? We are these shoots taking place? Is it in a village so a shop owner can 
can make 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 some money here and there. So we are left to hope that the direct immediate impact of this filming is really going to hit people who need it most mm -hmm. in terms of the economics, in terms of the financing, because it is a difficult time at the moment during this COVID season. And, and, and we understand fully that a lot of people are home, they are not working, a lot of people on a side note are still waiting for severance and, and all those kind of things. So whatever little is to be made during production of this movie, mm -hmm. I am hopeful that regular ordinary people who are in dire need of some monies will be able to benefit from this. And the only way that is possible is for those responsible to say to the public, listen, these are some of the byproducts or the, the, the side jobs that are available because of this production. They're going to need somebody to do some catering. We may need two buses to move people here and there. Mm -hmm. um, a, a restaurant at, 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 at Pinnis Beach, you know, put, make yourself available. We may be doing some shooting there. Give people an opportunity. Give people some hope. Mm -hmm that something good is going to come out of this movie. Because, of course, you know, as you would have said, it's not a case where the movie is going to be shot tomorrow and then two, three days later it's going to be here. It has to go through the phases of its production. And so that in itself is going to take some time. I, mean, I want to say, what, one thing is, is interesting to me is that I came to understand that this was a negotiated enterprise. The New Zealand administration, as I said, as part of the economic strategy, went out to find or to promote Nevis as a film destination. Mm -hmm. Here is a concern I have. What guarantees do we have or, or, or how high is our hope that in a post-COVID era, major movie companies are going to come to, to Nevis to film to film movies. Because what this is saying to me is that because of the COVID situation we're in, yes. not being able to film in, in the UK and, and in the US and other places, they're looking for places that have a very low COVID rate and a very safe environment in which to film. You said that, Rohan, and that was also said in the in the news article that I read that the one of the gentlemen he uh, said that because of Nevis's low um, COVID rates and stuff. That's why they're here. Um, I want to. I, I want to say though that I'm hoping that if this is successful, then it can be. And I'm just trying to look on the positive side of things. Uh, this can be okay. What a wonderful and great success this movie has been for Nevis. And so we're going to do other movies on Nevis. I'm hoping that's the case. Or do they go back to London and drink tea and do their tapings there? And that is exactly the concern. The concern I have as well, because the, the backdrop is is not a case where they said, you know what, Nevis has, is a beautiful location. Let us go there and film some movies. And I went out of their way to make to, to put Nevis out there as a film destination to negotiate the, the shooting of these two films. Mm -hmm. I am just hoping that when the world goes into a post-COVID era that the film industry Nevis doesn't come, it's not now a one-off. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or it was because of, you know, how well we were, we are doing here in terms of managing the COVID. That's why they have come to, to the beautiful island of Nevis to shoot this film. I, I'm happy that the visions, especially budding actors and actresses, are going to have an opportunity and who knows, maybe a, an, an extra lands himself or herself a, a a good role in, in, in these movies. And so it's, it's, a, it's an opportunity for Nevisions to, to showcase their, their many talents. I, I, I am hopeful that, as you said, down the line, Nevis is really a, a film destination. I, I, I also noted there that there is going to be some work. And just as you said, we are positive. We want to make sure we put out all the facts there that there is going to be some work with people interested in, in acting and so that seems to be a part of the arrangement and I saw also in an article that there are conversations about starting an acting academy so those are good good notes mm -hmm. coming from 
from the prospect of Nevis as a film, as a film destination. And uh, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a ways off in terms of having infrastructure in place for, for those kind of movies, but MSI is a boutique film, 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 film company, so maybe we fit perfectly into, into, the, into what they want to do. And folks, we are those of you who, because there are those out there who cannot take questions, Rohan, they they cannot, they cannot fathom that someone will ask a question on what's going on, whether it's in Nevis or St. Lucia, which we'll get to shortly. Oh, God, do we have to go back to St. Lucia? Um, or somewhere else. And you will hear some say, ignore the noise. And that is so disrespectful because what we're doing is just asking. It's, it's just an automatic question that any sensible person will ask, okay? You do this. Then how are you going to pay for it? It is the same way when you go to a bank. You want to invest in this, they're going to ask you, so who's paying for this and how will it be paid? And that's all we're doing. So please spare me the BS about ignore the noise. Yeah? Now... Yeah. <laughs> ignore the noise and, and you're told in the, same, in the same breath. People ask questions, forget why is it so... <laughs> Let's move on. Um, let's speak. We're on COVID. I, I, COVID. Now, there are some successes out there in stories, and I believe, and not, be, not because I'm from St. Kitts and Nevis, I believe that St. Kitts and Nevis, we're doing a very good job. There are things that probably we can improve on, but I believe um, the, the, the job of protecting the citizens and of St. Kitts and Nevis, um, and this is not to praise to say, okay, we are praising and then tomorrow something happens. But this is just to say to the people who in charge that um, the, the task is not an easy one. And so far, St. Kitts and Nevis, the nationals can be proud of where we're at compared to where other countries are at. Countries like St. Lucia, where we have a, a prime minister, Alan Chastanay, who is doing an awful job uh, there in handling this pandemic. And um, I'm not sure if you heard my remarks of, of Alan Chastney in my introduction and uh, the, regarding the people of St. Lucia. And also, I must say, before we go back to Alan, um, Anguilla, they, they too are doing a great job in the, the, the leadership in terms, of, in terms of the COVID handling the, the pandemic. I can also speak of the British Virgin Islands under the great premiership of Andrew A. Foy, the Honorable Andrew A. Foy, he too is doing a, a pretty good job. It's not easy because there is no textbook for this. But you see the leaders, they, they, they are trying. Gaston Brown, Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda, he has had his challenges and he's still going through some challenges. But at the same time, when he sees a challenge, he will make sure to take the necessary precaution in preventing similar challenges. And that's why I, I, I applaud him. The numbers are going up there in Antigua and Barbuda. But he's doing what he has to do to protect his citizens. But then when we look at St. Lucia, and when we look at now Ralph Gonzalez in, in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, he was one who, who too somewhat dismissed all of this and talking about the, oh, don't wearing masks and, and, and getting on as if it was some sort of crime to do so. Now he's, he's rushing to, to try to get this under control in St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Your thoughts? Well, I, I want to add to the list there that um, Roosevelt's character in Dominica, he has been doing a good job as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. COVID-19 and the impact mm-hmm. on, its, on its country. It is unfortunate, though, what is happening in St. Lucia, and before I get to St. Lucia, as you would have opened with St. Kitts and Nevis, um, commendations to the task force, as you said, not always getting it right, and at some point, the citizenry, you know, upset and in arms about decisions that were mm-hmm. made by the task force. I think what St. Kitts and Nevis did was to go hard early. Yes. And in so doing, was able to ensure that the citizens of think it's a new issue and not adversely affected in terms of and they went and they went hard early um to the frustration of citizens even myself <laughs> it was it was really hard there was we did not have enough warning ample warnings here it was indeed difficult mm-hmm. those first 
um, few weeks, um, frustrations mounted. I mean, I, I can remember having to go in lockdown seven days, you got three days, and then two days, and then three days. But I think they, they carefully thought out what they wanted to do for St. Kitts and Nevis. Mm-hmm. And of course, we continue to have the important 14 day quarantine. Not a lot of people agree with that, but it has worked. The mechanism has worked in, in detecting um, persons with COVID 19, and I've been able to in most instances, keep them away from the general populace. Of course, we had one or two incidents where um, absent judgment would have caused concern among the public, but for the most part, I think the Navy has done extremely well. Yes. Uh, Alan Chaston in St. Lucia, one would ask, what is this mindset? Mm-hmm. What is this mentality? What is it exactly that he is seeking to achieve with the model he's using in dealing with the COVID-19 in St. Lucia. One of the things that stuck out for me is that you said he had received from international agencies in excess of $300 million. Yes. And to date, only $7 million had reached the populace right. in, terms of, in terms of relief. And then you said he was building roads. Mm-hmm. One of the things I said in this pandemic hit is that you are going to need a healthy population for an economic recovery. Mm-hmm. You can't hold it to in the same hand. You can't want the flourishes and the benefits of an open border with no quarantine and, and, and still want a healthy population and he's not suffering the the punishment of, of that decision. When I when I when I went to, to look at what his COVID-19 response strategy was, I, I, I looked, and maybe you could help me, I, I looked everywhere to find out if there was a mandatory quarantine period for people arriving in St. Lucia. I couldn't find it. No, well, we're, st- we're still looking. It mm-hmm. is that at the start of 2021, and, and, and this is particularly strange, and maybe, you know, we could have someone do some investigation into that. At the start of 2021, that is where the cases really started to take off. He started, St. Lucia had a seven-day average of six cases. That's six cases per seven days. Mm-hmm. It, went to the, it went to 24 cases per seven days. Then to 63 cases per seven days. It is now higher than 80 cases per seven days. And so the trend is continually increasing. And what has been the response to deal with the increase? Ignore the noise. In numbers. A good road to noise. In other places, you I mean, you think it's the nearest, the Honorable Prime Minister most certainly would have gone straight back into lockdown. Oh, without without hesit without hesitation. When Barbados had the the the, the surging numbers, the right honorable Mayor Motley went into lockdown. Antigua has gone into lockdown. Mm-hmm. Montreal has gone into lockdown. BVI has gone into lockdown Jamaica twice. Jamaica is in lockdown and now instituted a new curfew. But yet, our brother across the water is saying to his people, you know, we don't need a lockdown. You know, I saw, I think it was the Minister of Health saying, we have this under control. But, 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 but okay, he's out there on, a, on, a, on an island by himself. Well, no, it's he's not by himself because our brothers and sisters in St. Lucia, they're unfortunately on the island with him. Now, isn't it, where is CARICOM, though? All of CARICOM and the OECS, they're all using a strategy of, hey, if things get out of hand, we're locking down. We're going under to, to shelter, right? But here is this one man who I understand is very arrogant. Um, he's there and he is, okay, whatever. So where is CARICOM? Can't they somewhat nudge their colleague and say, hey, we we gotta do better than this. We gotta we got you gotta do something. You really gotta do something. Or is it that everyone is just minding their business and doing what they can in keeping their own um, citizens safe in in so an island just helping themselves in these times? I mean, there's a sense of Trumpism, if I may use that term, going on in in Saint Lucia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it is it is. Unconscionable to think that you're having these kind of numbers and you are seeing models across the region work and you're not attempting to use any of them. 
It is also for me difficult to accept that His Excellency Erwin Larocque, the the Secretary General of the of CARICOM, has not issued some concerns mm-hmm. to Prime Minister Chastani. It is difficult for me to accept that his neighbours, Dominica and 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 Saint Kitts and Nevis and 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 the BVI and all members of the OECS, all members of the CARICOM have, have not reached out to him and said, you know, my friend, maybe you want to try X, Y, Z. Or is it the power of sovereignty that is saying to them, listen, you know, maybe we should not interfere. Mm-hmm. Or is it the same power of sovereignty that he's using to say, listen, this is my same solution. I didn't tell you how to handle St. Kitts and Nevis. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you how to handle BVI. I didn't tell you how to handle Montserrat and Barbados. I will handle St. Lucia myself. But there needs to be an intervention in an effort to ensure not just that, you know, St. Lucia gets a better handle on its numbers, because that is critically important, but that we can assure the Caribbean region and people looking at the Caribbean is indeed a single environment. Hmm. The Caribbean is indeed a single market. And uh, our um, brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. they don't live in St. Louis or they live in St. Louis, which are important facets of a developing region called CARICOM. So, there needs to be that conversation. Whether it has happened and he has refused, we need to have it again. Or if it hasn't happened yet, we need to have it soon. Well, I, I, I really do not want to talk about Alan Chaston anymore. I'm getting upset and he's not worth my um, vexation and bit of stress. So I'll tell you what, Rohan, thank you so much. This is your first time as being a contributor to the Blue Table with Mervyn Hanley. And um, I'll be speaking to you again soon. And I am sure we will hear about these conversations in the bars and the churches and what have you. It's been a great rapport with you. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, Rohan Isles. Thank you, Rohan. Have a good night. Thank you very much. And that's our program for tonight. Before you leave here, though, please remember to subscribe. This is the only way that you'll be able to get your notifications when we present the news, when we have interviews or any breaking news. So please subscribe to the app, browse the the site, and you'll see exactly where you need to subscribe. And of course, share the link, spread the word about this new podcast program, The Blue Table with Mervyn Henley. Do join us again tomorrow evening for a similar presentation. And of course, if you'd like to be added to our WhatsApp broadcast news, you can send me a message on 1-869-667-7443. That's right. Thank you and have a good night. I'm very hungry. Whoa, was that your stomach? You need to get on down to Carl and Son's Unique Bakery, your number one spot for sandwiches, pastries, cakes, and more for breakfast and lunch. Are you in a rush? Call in your order at 543-1059 for town and 544-2462 for Cold Bay. Follow their Facebook page to see their daily lunch specials. Carl and Son's, the right choice since 1982. Mervyn Hanley will inspire! Television online and overseas Tune in to Marvin Hanley